We need a catchphrase. I have a catchphrase for you. Okay. What is it? Uh, always, always playing. But we're not always this playing. Is, this is uh, this month. This is all my catchphrases are are like we're always something. We're but we're not absolute, always. I, like I think catchphrases need to be absolute and like endearing. So like okay. I, I've simplified last last time's catchphrase, and and now it's just we're all playing. But we're not though. I mean, no, let's say our name. Say our name so you can get the full effect. Dumb comic creators, always playing. But we're not always playing. Well, we are. We have so many fans and and people listening to this podcast. Chances are, we're always playing. No, no. I don't think <laughs> we're not. We're not the British sea power where wherever there's the sun is rising in one part of the British Empire, exceeding the other. No, we're not that big. But we do have fans in Australia that listen to this podcast. I know, and so it's impressive. Technically. I also have a browser open that's always playing our our podcast. Uh, oh. We're not repeat. always playing, and then that's not we us are always playing. playing that's on my not browser. the dumb conquerors always playing. That's somebody like listening to us. That's that's like saying like we're twenty four seven like we're always, play, we're always playing. You're never listening. How about that? No. No. Okay. All right. Fine. I, I don't think it should be absolutes. I don't think we deal with absolutes. Cause doesn't like only like the empire deal in absolutes. I don't know what you're talking about. I think like the Star the British War, Empire. Like, no, not the British Empire. The uh, Star Wars Empire. We've moved on from the British Empire. Now we're in a galaxy far, far away. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to do. The guest just spoke during our intro. <laughs> we and went. We backed you up. We which should is probably even introduce worse ourselves just, then. It's probably yeah, let's just do. introduce them and get this over with. Again, okay, well, I'm, I'm going with like, they clicked on our podcast. Why should we introduce our podcast? But let's do it anyway. We're dumb comic creators. And what are we, Eric? Well, I'm Eric Schwartz. Who are you? <laughs> Vegan China. And together we and are. what are we? We are dumb comic creators. No, we're not podcasting. We're dumb comic creators. You should have just said podcast. I know. I, I set you up twice. And I refuse to take the bait. This okay. is not an alley oop. This is a no. And our guests, let's just get to our guests. <laughs> okay. No, I'm just kidding. We have Dan, let's get to our guests. We have Dan Preci and Casey Allen. Today we're joined by Dan Price and Casey Allen. And I'm sorry for that dumb bit that Eric insists on. Not a bit. And I, they I are the creators of, they are the big creators the bigfoot knows karate which is coming out next month yeah, yeah on kickstarter yeah next month oh cool yeah and uh so dan you're the artist and casey is your co-writer correct so, actually dan if i might interject dan created this um and he he brought me in to help co-write so he he's wearing a lot of hats on this and um I kind of came in a little bit later on in the process and I've, I've enjoyed every second of it. So. Great. And uh, so Dan, how, how did you come up with Bigfoot Nose Karate? Um, okay. So it started off as a comedy many years ago. That was the original idea is going to be a comedy. I've written comedy comics, my whole comic time uh, i did a book called latex avenger is a sidekick named spermicidal foam lad together they repel crime 99.9 percent .9 of the time then you had like masters of the obvious i did that for a while i did you know that type of thing so bigfoot kind of fell into that 
latex avenger universe and then as i got older and i changed as you know as a human being and just matured you know i was kind of done with that i say that i'm working on a crossover latex avenger book right now uh but i wanted to do something very different but bigfoot still was very much you know was very apparent and i needed to do something with this so i kind of transitioned the character from a straight up you know slapstick superhero story to this action adventure uh psychological thriller that you know is kind of like godzilla versus kong meets uh meets kill bill is you know the best way i can describe it and uh i'm having a blast working on it but i needed casey's help casey's the 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 best is the nicest guy in comics the one of the best writers i know and could definitely keep all the stuff that was going on in my brain together and make this work and so hats off to you bud appreciate it appreciate it it's, it's been fun so yeah, yeah dan dan got started on the process and um i kept seeing this character like you know from way back he kept drawing this character and i said man you need to do something with this you need to do something with it and uh finally one day he was like mm -hmm, do something with this and uh it, it's, it's been really fun seeing the process happen wow and you're a former Alabama moon pie eating champion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, actually, uh, it, it was uh, like almost 15 years ago, like tomorrow. Yeah. Wow. So, wow. Um, <laughs> they uh, every year in um, in uh, in uh, a crap I, I can't think of the town right now um Tannehill, alabama there is a uh a moon piting contest and that year they had um it was the first time they had I'd, I'd ever done it i'd never been in an eating contest before um but you know the double decker moon pie so not like the single moon pie but like the double oh, yeah. like the size of like a double cheeseburger from mcdonald's mm -hmm. i ate uh <laughs> 16 of them in uh 10 minutes Oh and oh there were people vomiting uh, <laughs> next to me. Um, I brought a friend of mine who was from Poland. He worked with me and he bit like, had like maybe two bites and noped out. He was like, these is awful. This is not chocolate. This is, I, I'm not going to repeat what he said it was, but it was uh, extra. Uh, yeah, it was like. If you want to swear, it's okay to swear. Yeah. So um he, he wasn't yeah, a this, fan of the in, in this instance, I'd say that that uh, deserves uh yeah. He said this is shit. This is awful. And, Every time uh, I hear this story from you, Casey, I just imagine that scene in Stand By Me where everybody's just vomiting all over. It was the place it was similar. Um yeah, my my wife actually went in it with me and she ate I wanna say six because she was <laughs> did, like she's a tiny lady she's not a big lady at all um but there was a guy who was like like trash talking before the event and <laughs> she was gonna show that dude and she showed him but later on like we were leaving we were uh walking around with some friends after the contest and uh she was like hold on and she went to some bushes and yacked up the all six and then uh <laughs> we rallied and then I, I remember that evening on the way home we went by a truck stop and i had uh um uh liver and onions uh for dinner so 
I don't think I took a crap for like a week afterwards, but it was, I won a hundred bucks and that went towards rent. So. Can I just ask a question? How do you trash talk at a moon pie eating contest? Man, they get, they, they get into it, dude. They get real into it. And, um, so yeah. Now, every time there's a, a, a food eating contest near me, my wife's like, I think you need to do this. I'm like, I think I don't. I like, <laughs> you learned your lesson. You, you, you are retired on top. Like, yeah. on retired on top. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, actually, there, there's a follow up to that because um, the, uh, the Tuscaloosa Times did an article about the one like two years later, and I did it. And I ended up getting in third place. And uh, I told the um, the reporter, because they switched. This is what they do. This is how sneaky they were. This I'm still upset about the moon pie handling at this contest. Because they, they throw you the moon pies as you go. And they threw me an orange moon pie, which I was only eating the, the chocolate moon pies throughout the whole thing. And they threw an orange one. And that threw me off my game. And oh, orange God. moon pies were not tasty or good at all. And uh, I told them that the orange moon pies were my Waterloo. So <laughs> um, uh, I thought it was funny. I don't know if anybody else did. But, um, yeah, I'm in, I'm in the Tuscaloosa Times on their website. Uh, wow. Telling them that, yeah. So, <laughs> are, you, uh, are you both in Alabama? No, no, he's in Texas. I'm in Alabama. I'm in Austin. Yeah, I'm in Austin, Texas. Oh, cool. Yeah, where are y'all? All right, we're we're, we're both down in Illinois. Yeah. Okay, okay cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, how did you guys meet? We met something. We met through something called the Comic Jam, which is a uh, workshop that Casey runs. It is. Uh, it takes. Um, artist uh, well you explain it casey it's your gig i'm gonna go over here so <laughs> it's an online um workshop like like dan said and we we get artists and writers and letters and each week we uh we have a vote they vote on a theme then the writers have a week to come up with a one-page script six panels tops about that theme they do a one a one-page comic then we we pair that up randomly to an artist and the artist takes it runs with it. they get about a month to finish it um and then the letter comes in and does their thing and what we do like it's not a whole lot of time to do one page you can do one page a writer can write one page super easy they can write on the can for all i care um an artist <laughs> can can do a one-page comic and they're not committed to a 24-page comic or how you know it's all about finding new ways to do your craft perfecting your craft making friends making people that you want to create with and do more stuff with and then um just also is it's a good opportunity for you to fail at your craft because you you got to bang your head up against the wall a, a lot in order to figure out what you're good at, figure out new ways to do things. So uh, you can try different techniques. Nobody's going to make fun of you. And uh, you get to, you know, kind of play around in the workshop. And um, it's, I try to run a tight ship, uh, no jerks. I have a no a-hole policy. So if somebody's 
not cool. They're out. Um, it's uh, anybody can join for the most part. Um, I will kind of check you out on like your social media and make sure you're not like a negative douche or whatever but um because we have people of all stripes we have people all over the world we have people of all colors and nationalities genders whatever and, and skill uh, levels the, too or, um, in skill yeah. levels yeah okay yeah and uh, me, I mean, come on so <laughs> like when dan wanted to join i was like is is he pulling my leg because he was already so well progressed in his in his art I thought he was like, hoo hoo, these jerk offs. Um, but no, Dan, you know, was already hitting all cylinders in his art. Um, it was so, awesome. To, it was awesome to do it, though, because the, I mean, I had taken a break from doing comics. And so for me, it was an awesome way to get my feet wet drawing again. I mean, I was raising a family there. My, you know, I, uh, it was, you know, a lot going on. So to get back into doing it and to taking on work again, doing the comic jam got me really comfortable because, you know, I did four or five of them and they gave me four or five different scripts that were completely different from one to the other. One was like Space Sharks. The other one was like a haiku. The other one was like a Ditko tribute. I mean, so everything was different that they gave me. So, and I'm, I'm like from, for a living, I'm a graphic designer. Everything is different anyway, all the time. So yeah, throw me something, give me some curveballs, because all it's going to do is make me a better artist and a better storyteller. And in the end of the day, that's what we're trying to do here. So, um, I, so it gave me a lot of confidence walking in the door to start doing Bigfoot. Um, so I'm really, really, you know, thankful for the time doing that. I told Casey when this issue of Bigfoot's done, I'm going to do a couple of things for the jam again, real quick, because, you know, <coughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Man, it is is it's been awesome getting to work with you and, and, oh, yeah. you know, get like, we started off as people that want to work on a project together and mm -hmm. now we're, we're friends. Like, we're my brother, yeah, that's so. cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's funny how that works when you end up uh, uh, messaging back and forth enough times about a project. Oh man, we, we talk for like sometimes at least an hour a day, sometimes just, yeah, you know, I'll mean, walk my dogs and exactly. <laughs> I get off of work and he's walking his dogs at the same time. And so we'll be talking about the comic and then it turns into jibber jabber about our wives or kids or, you know, dogs or whatever at roofs, you know, whatever else is going on. You know what I mean? So we've always, we've always got, uh, yeah, it's been, it's, it's funny, but I mean, well, shit, to get it back to the comic book, we but mostly we talk about the comic. We've talked about yeah, everything yeah. but the comic so far. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> That's okay. We like to talk about process on no, this. It, uh, yeah. We try to hit everything, not just about the comic, but like. All good. Yeah. It's always interesting learning because like a lot of comics and writers are like, they are literally like uh, A, back to B, back to A, back to B. But like, it's always interesting when you see like people that are very much like, no, we're working on this together. We're talking about it because I'm oh, yeah. sure Casey will be like, "Hey, in page two, frame three, uh, I don't know if they actually exist." <laughs> um, uh, he's like, "I really like this, but I think the art should be would be good better in this way." Or, or he's like, "Or you could be like, hey, I I'm trying to get to convey this part of the story. How would you work with it? How how should I word this, or how should I do this?" and that that too because other times a lot of times you see people are just like it's good enough i'll take it right 
Yeah, Casey's good like that. He just let he, he just lets me do what I want. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, he's he you know he he's tough on me, and I appreciate that. Um, we kind of have a it's a different kind of working process because it's not like you know I'm the artist, he's the writer. We're, we have a very different collaborative uh, system that we're doing here. It's because I mean I came I came to the table with a lot of stuff already in place, and but like. Casey just took it and extrapolated it and made it outstanding, you know, but so we're, you know, while I gave him, you know, stuff to work from, he put, he, he put the framework together and made it, you know, made it cohesive. And then like, we're dialoguing the project together, you know, so it's, uh, so it's funny. You're, I'm not really sure whose words are who on the printed page by the time this thing will be done. Right. Case. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's the, the thing that we have had, so he came out with a framework he he it it started out dan said you know hey can you help me with this and i said i'll I'll gladly edit you and i kept throwing out suggestions and uh, i said well if if you have a a a, you know a bigfoot that does karate you have to have have another cryptid that he fights yeah what about a kung fu thulu and then, like, he came back like this, this, yes, 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 Kung Fu Thulu. And then, like, a day later, he uh, he sends me an email with this character sketch. And I was like, holy shit, that's a Kung Fu Thulu. <laughs> and, um, I mean, we, we got a Bigfoot fight and a Cthulhu. I mean, how can you go wrong with that? I mean, to me, it seems like a natural. But, um, you know, it's it's opened some doors for some really interesting creative storytelling that we can do later on down the road. Uh, which is, you know, what this is all about because we're working on a five-issue story arc. So, um, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we uh, we'll go back and forth on how things go. He he kind of had the uh, uh, the beats of what he wanted, and then I just came in and filled in the gaps. And um, it's a lot different process from what I'm used to. So I have another comic that I'm doing with an artist named Pete Woods. Uh, it's called Voodoo Child. And um, that has been mostly me, you know, typing out everything. And then Pete takes it and goes, righto, let's do this. <laughs> He's English. So uh, I assume oh, okay. <laughs> his internal monologue is righto. Um, yeah. But, yeah, everyone uh, yeah. says that there. Yeah. <laughs> he'll, he'll, um, he'll do that. And, uh, Voodoo Child. Okay. Yeah. And, and just take it and run with it. And with this, um, it, a lot of the the creative weight, like Dan has has picked up a lot of it, and I'm just kind of going, well, let's make you know, let's see what we can do, let's make this better, let's see if we can, um, you know, put these pieces together and make it, you know, one big puzzle. And it's been so fun, and also just kind of the back and forth. We had about an hour conversation about how one particular character would talk, <laughs> and it was the most fraught conversation I've ever had with anybody about uh, the the particular dialect of of how a uh, a fishman would talk, and <laughs> and but I love I love that about Dan because Dan doesn't want to put out shit i don't either dan will fight you over something and like 
he will stand up for what he's into, but if he sees a better idea, he's like, let's do that. Um, he's not going to settle for anything less than, you know, the best. Wait, and so I, Dan, uh, so just uh, to stop you there for a second, when you guys, so did you write out a script or, or were you, are you kind wrote, of working page by page? No, I wrote out, so I came up with the concept. Uh, I had the character sketches and I knew what, they, what was going to go on there. But okay. then I had to figure out how, what the story was going to be. And the biggest thing was I didn't want to be the trite, you know, martial arts movie. You know what I mean? Where the guy get, you know, the guy gets into a situation. The guy gets hurt. He gets found by the master. The master trains him up. Then they go and do the thing. Something explodes. And you know what I mean? Like Dr. Strange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, I was a karate kid, you know, I mean, it doesn't yeah. matter. They're all the same bloody movie, you know? Right. So Jackie yeah. Chan films, a lot of them. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, and I didn't, and look, and I love the concept of doing a revenge story. Right. But how do you do a revenge story with a freaking Bigfoot? He's got no wife. He's got no kids. He's got no positions, possessions. He's the only Bigfoot there is. So there, that went out the window. So what do you do next? How do you come up with something that's not trite, that seems original, that in some way, shape, or form, in a world of unoriginality, how do you do that? So what I, I so it turned into, all I'm going to say is there's a very gnarly twist at the end of this first issue, okay? Um, it, the Bigfoot knows karate. It spells out what you think it's supposed to be. But once you get start flipping through those pages and you get through, the, you know, get through the Cthulhu scenes and you, you know, you get further and deeper into the story, you're going to be like, look, it's going to be one of two things. You're going to go, holy crap. Or you're going to go, holy crap, what the hell is this? You know, <laughs> it's going to be one or the other you're saying, but we're, I'm hoping it's going to go to the, to the former, not the latter. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, it's kind of high octane. It's got a lot of some crazy shit going on. Part of my language. Sorry. Uh, it's got some crazy stuff happening in it. It's going to be fun. I mean, yeah, but it's a, it's a bloody mess. I mean, so it really you, is. You wrote out the script and then you did um, oh, yeah. pages. And then did you send them to Casey? Or? So yeah, I wrote, I'm just trying I wrote to, out a to synopsis. catch your process. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. I wrote out a synopsis, basically. And like writing comedy comics, I used to write everything out in dialogue. I wouldn't okay. even write out the storyline, the, uh, the, scene, the scene notes. I would just write out the dialogue and do it that way. Well, this is very non-dialogue heavy book. I mean, there's narration and that sort of thing but it's more this the story is take you know you you can flip through this comic with no words and see how the story works you know what i mean it, you can follow along very well there's not a lot of talking heads and things like that so the action de definitely moves you along but the dialogue is going to be perfect to match that action you know mm -hmm. what i mean yeah um so you know it's not just what words you use but what words you don't use and so I gave Casey basically an outline of what the first issue was going to be, some dialogue in some places, some notations of action in some places. And then I gave him also a synopsis of what books two, three, four, and five would all be too. Okay. And said, you know, this is kind of an idea of where I'm going with all of this. And he, he said, okay, got this, you know, and like you hold my beer and he did his thing, you know what I mean? So uh it was and so then we just i mean look you got to understand we have a google doc between the two of us that we're passing back and forth all the time where are you like he's in i'm in blue and he's in red you know and we're typing over each other every five minutes because 
you know, the, the, the story is like process, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I've never had a script that's been so fluid, Casey. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same here, but it, it's, um, it, the back and forth, I, I think has really been, it's been enlightening in, in terms of me learning how to write with somebody else and learning how to, um, kind of give leeway for for somebody else in that writing process um because a lot of the time i'm i'm not precious about a lot of stuff mm -hmm. but when it comes to like what i see in my head and what i want on the page i can be kind of picky but uh with dan it's it's not really a fight it's like oh yeah he wants the same thing i want so let's you know let's do this and the, you know, with that being said, though, it is, I really, yeah, we, there's a mutual respect between the two of us as we're writing. And I, that really helps out tremendously. Um, and then, you know, there's, there's hills we're going to die on, but I don't think we've gotten there quite yet in our, <laughs> in our creative process. I don't think we've, you know, well, it's my way or the highway, you know, cross this line, you, blah, you know, we haven't gotten to that stage yet. I'm, when we do, though, I plan to make the blah noise because I don't know where that came from. So. Uh, Dan, are you uh, digital or are these drawn on the page? Oh, I'm completely digital. In okay. fact, I don't even use a stylus. I draw with my fingertip. And, oh, wow. Uh, wow. Yeah, I draw with my fingertip directly on the screen. So I, it's, a, it's my fingertip and a mouse, and that's how I work. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And the, um, the colors are like... They're very like watercolor mm -hmm. sort of, it's a really cool color palette. Um, it was, okay, so I had a, uh, I was telling the story to somebody today. Um, I had a college professor, uh, his name is James Searles. If you know the name, you know the name. If you don't, it's fine. But he's hung all over the place, including the Guggenheim and stuff like that. He's, he's a tremendous sculptor and, and artist. And so he... Uh, he was looking at, he was doing an, I was doing an independent study in drawing with him, okay, many years ago. And he said to me, he goes, look at your gesture drawings, action, movement, you know, mo mobility, everything is kind of flows. This is fantastic. Look at your, look at your final drawings. He's like, these are shit, you know, and like, you know, I mean, they're, they're stiff and they're, you know, and there's no movement, there's, you know. And so, I mean, mind you, I'm 45 now. This was when I was, what, 20? 21, you know, yeah. I mean, something like that. But I really take, I, I really took those words into account when drawing this story. I wanted the movement. I wanted that, that, that feeling of that, that kind of that wispy feeling that, you know, a, that you could get from somebody who knows martial arts, you know what I mean? That everything's yeah. very fluid. Um, that's very important to me. And then the brushwork and the, the, that type of look that's going on there. I wanted it brushy, grungy, just kind of, earth not you know organic you know what i mm -hmm. mean you know uh the colors to be very earth tones and that sort that's of what thing. it looks like yeah yeah so i've really kind of strove to get that look going i i'm hoping i'm hitting the right cylinders on that one so. oh yeah it, i really love the color palette and Thank the, you. yeah that that was something that really stuck out in the book um Thank in the you. pages that you sent yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it's a different art style for me very very different i mean i love the looseness i love the uh, it's it's been a lot of fun drawing in this style for sure. So one thing that um, 
so there, there's this open document between Dan and I, and uh, I was talking to him and I was having to explain something in the script. And so I put a, uh, a GIF in, in the script, in the Google Doc, uh, based on, that was from a Salvador Dali film called uh, Un Chien Andalou. And uh, it's the most violent action I've ever seen in a black and white film. And uh, we were talking about this page and Dan was like, I really hate that you put that in there. <laughs> all it is is somebody cutting somebody's eyeball. I mean, on a, on a different repeat. With a razor. It eyeball is cut. Eyeball hardcore. cut. Eyeball cut. I yeah. deleted that thing out while we were on the Google Doc live and he watched the video disappear or the GIF disappear out of the document. Like, I guess he didn't like my GIF. No, no. Good written. That thing was creepy. Oh, that's funny. It's creepy, man. Yeah. Yeah. If if you ever want to see a uh a crazy 1920 1929 Franco Spanish <laughs> silent film, Unchan That's the one, huh? Yeah. Has <laughs> no plot you... structure at all. It's just a bunch of weird crap. So basically when I next time I say to my wife, Netflix and chill, that's what we're putting on. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. It's gonna be quite the it's gonna be quite the difference from her top chef regimen that she's into right now. So for what real, next time you're she on has in store, yeah. <laughs> next yeah. time you're on Netflix, brand new cherry flavor. I s brand new cherry flavor. Ah, chef's kiss. It's great. <laughs> Wait, is it on Netflix for real? I, is this a yes, real tip? It is yes. It's by the producer from Channel Zero and it's freaking phenomenal. Okay. Um it's crazy. Eric, what you got? Um, I guess we should talk about the comic itself now. Um, we talked about the process. Um, we talked about that too. Do you guys have a background, like either one of you, like in like just kung fu films or anything like that? Because obviously there was that's a major part of it. So, um, not really. I mean, obviously, you know, there's been the standard ones that you watch as a uh, as a just as a movie viewer, I mean, I've seen Seven Samurai. I've seen handful of Bruce Lee movies. I've seen It Mon, uh, you know, those types of things. Uh, and I really like the It Mon ones. Those are really cool. Um, and, uh, but I mean, it's not, it's not something that I have any like strong interest in, you know, but I find them interesting. I find them fascinating when I watch them. It's the same thing with cryptids. Uh, it's not something that I walked into going, hey, I really believe in Bigfoot and I want to tell his story. That never happened. That's a conversation I never had. Uh, I, I had to watch documentaries about Bigfoot to have a better understanding of Bigfoot. And after watching a handful of documentaries, I realized nobody knows anything about Bigfoot. Uh, nobody's seen one. Nobody knows anything about Bigfoot. And so the only rule that I took away from that is that nobody ever can see a Bigfoot. And that, that rule applies in the world of Bigfoot knows karate. Uh, you'll see like in, in those preview pages, the... Um, he, uh, he's hunting. Uh, you see, there's a there's a, a bunny rabbit that shows up, and uh, later in those pages, the there's two hunters who are shooting, but they're not shooting at Bigfoot. They're shooting at the rabbit. They can't see Bigfoot, but unfortunately, they shoot Bigfoot in the process. And then they then in the next page, Bigfoot makes himself very very well known to them, very well very very quickly, and um, 
But had they known what they were getting into, they probably would have put the gun somewhere else. You know what I mean? But he's a, he's a, he's a kind cryptid warrior, you know, but he, uh, but, you know, he's also not going to take anything from anyone too. So, and I think he has kind of, a, he has a kinship with the underdog. I think that shows up in the story quite a bit too. Uh, the premise of the con of the first issue is uh, really, it's the title is chapter one, Hunter Prey. And, um, and it really kind of supposes the concept that anyone can be a hunter and anyone can be a prey given a situation and a quick change and a quick change in said situation, because you'll see that 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 theme repeat throughout the throughout the issue, not just through the preview pages, but throughout the issue. So interesting. And themes will be very important in this book. I'm look. I was an English major. Uh, Casey over here is quite the writer. I think symbolism is going to be playing a strong part in what we're doing along the way. So, um, oh, yeah, we've already planted sure. a lot of seeds in this first issue for things that will be coming up, you know, in issue four and five. So, um, and just, you know, things that we will be repeated throughout. When you, Eric, anything else? Sorry. Um, no, you go. You, you, you would have thought, you would have thought, go for it. No, I was thinking, um, no, I was looking at these lines. Um, I like your art style. So I was looking at the landscapes on page one and I was just wondering if you like uh, were somewhere when you did that or uh, if it came out of your mind or, you know. Um, I have used, okay, so I will or say where, this. where is Bigfoot, you know? Uh, could you tell us? No. <laughs> no, Unfortunately, okay. Unfortunately, <laughs> I can't give you that information yet. There's okay, a lot plot sensitive. <laughs> I am plot, I'm very plot sensitive. Ah, okay? it's plot sensitive. Okay. I am, I'm very plot, I, I get kind of, uh, I'll get kind of mum on you on certain things, Keegan, sorry. Uh, no, but I will <laughs> say this, I've used a reference more in this book than I ever have in anything else I've worked on. Uh, really for the animals, the, the bunny and the wolf mm -hmm. and things like that. I can't draw a bunny from memory, two floppy ears and big eyes and some teeth. That's what I would do because I would cartoonize it up. So now I looked at, you know, photorealism stuff for that, you know, photos to be able to draw what I needed to draw there. The, uh, the landscapes, the landscapes were mostly, I mean, I looked at some magazines and things like that to kind of get an idea, but most of that's just very much made up. Um, you know, uh, there was, uh, if you look on that preview pages on the inside cover, uh, there was a, uh, where there's a sunbreak, uh, over, over the, uh, canyon or that he's in or whatever and that one i saw a photograph of this beautiful sun and i was like i've got to bring that into one piece of artwork somewhere because you know now it really doesn't look the same because my art style doesn't really match up to anything photorealistic but a lot of inspiration in that regard you know what i mean yeah yeah totally yeah i mean uh, they're just really picturesque i was just wondering um if it was a specific location no on purpose or anything no, nothing, nothing like that. Um, but I mean, I really, I've tried to make the backgrounds to this look very different from, you know, almost like a, like a fairly odd parents or something like that kind of cart, you know, this, this soft backgrounds or old Hanna-Barbera cartoon backgrounds. Right. You know what I mean? Where like the background and the foreground are almost, you can tell spatially there's something, they're, they're on different tracks. You know what I mean? Like these beautiful painted backgrounds and then these hard, you yeah, know, dark line yeah. foreground characters. That's interesting. Excuse me. So, um, you know, I, I, I've just drawn in so many styles for my whole job and, you know, that whole thing. So to switch into something different, it's kind of like just putting on a new pair of shoes in your, in your closet, you know, and just right. kind of 
And, um, I, but you know, I know a lot of comic artists, uh, this is their style. This is the mm -hmm. style in which they draw and everything is going to be in And hey, congratulations, dude. If you can do that and make it work, I, I think that's totally cool. I don't let my artwork dictate the story. I let my the story dictate my artwork. And it sounds like you kind of, you gravitate towards comedic storytelling and then the style kind of follows that. But you're, you're more, you, you start as the writer, you know, the writing hat or the, you know, producer hat. And right. that, and that, so that's what people would know. Oh, this is a Dan Price book, right? Like, <laughs> you know, like, oh, this yeah. is going to be funny, even if it looks different than his other stuff. The expectations there that it's going to be funny. You know, I think yeah. that people would expect that it was going to be. So there is humor in there. I mean, look, we, we were talking about, you know, trying to figure out the, the voice of uh, what Cthulhu would sound like. You know, that character, his, you know, we've kind of nailed it down. Like we went through affectations of how he would breathe while he talked. If Kenny breathed out of water, things like that, to basically turning him into like, uh, Robert De Niro from Cape Fear meets Rock Macho Man Randy Savage. So there's going to be like that, you know, that over the top kind of gloating aspect to the character. You know what I mean? But but sinister at the same time. So um, I don't know where the hell I was going with that, Keegan. I'm sorry, I completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> Casey, throw me throw me a rope. So, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. It's funny because Dan has done so many comedic books, and this is oh, right. this has some some comedy <laughs> in it, but there's a lot more to that. And it's on the outside, it looks like a punch him up. And I'm as a writer, I I didn't feel comfortable writing a punch him up because it's it's hard as hell writing an action scene <laughs> yeah. and to make it right and to make it believable. Um, a lot of the stuff I do has been more horror based and uh that's kind of my bread and butter um and with uh with dan he's done a lot of comedy stuff he he's he can sell the comedy with his character too he's really good at uh doing like the fluidity that you would need for something to to do like a good sight gag or whatever but uh as it turns out it pays off really well in action too um, because that, that sight gag, the, the funny that you get from a comedy comic can be played just as well in an action comic. If you have the right tools, Dan has the right tools, luckily. Um, and, uh, so I've had a lot of fun doing the, um, the punch them up part of this, but there, like I said earlier, there's a lot more to it than that because we, um, we go a little bit deeper. We don't want this to just be uh, Bigfoot, you know, either people. kicking yeah. or, you know. <laughs> oh, look, there's a bad guy. Kind of do a bunch of bang, 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 bang. Exactly, yeah. Oh, look, yeah. Here's another bad guy. Bang, 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 there, bang, there bang. Is a, there's a whole <laughs> lot of that. But there's a lot of story underneath it as well, and there's a lot of layers to it. And wow, uh, it's, it's been fun kind of doing those layers, especially with um, – there – there's kind of like a don't, re um, don't reveal anything I'll, I'll yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> screw you guys I'm not nothing yeah no. but uh yeah yeah we we get kind of deep with it and and, yeah, we, and we get to use metaphor and stuff like that and it, it's it's really fun kind of stretching our legs with that i mean Casey, everything you play drums i'm gonna just uh transition <laughs> right out of it what? yeah poorly poorly i used to play music a long time ago um 
and then uh, I had two kids and it was less enticing. Um, and uh, <laughs> like I still play. Okay. Um, but uh, how many how many drummers have we had on here, Eric? I, I feel like <laughs> we had a drummer had, like, last week, and so it's the second. We've drummer. had like a like at least five or six drummers. Yeah, it seems to be that if you're a drummer, with you the all drums have... in the shot of the, yeah, like over. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like this it's is. Such a... I'm yeah, in my man, like... my man cave right now, so yeah, like it, I'm surrounded by my instruments, and my comics. What's that? You hear that, dude? You're a cliche. I know, <laughs> right? <laughs> No, so more I'm, like I'm, I, I'm just like interested in the connection between sure. drumming. Yeah, and... I, I got a banjo behind me. I got uh, my uh, my guitar right next to me. I have an accordion over here, a um, a dulcimer. Uh, you know, I got a lot of stuff. So you got a. He also you have a shirt that just says Alabama like twenty <laughs> times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, are you are you from <laughs> Alabama? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like thirty minutes. Out. It was a gift from my mom and I was wearing it today, running around. Oh, that's so funny. But um <laughs> no, I'm I'm yeah, I'm about thirty minutes outside of Birmingham. Okay. Um it's uh kinda out in the country, uh got a big yard, got uh neighbors that will occasionally shoot their guns off their porch, uh into the woods. But um <laughs> uh we got deer that come up in our yard, we got turkeys and they're jerks, nobody likes them uh wild boar stuff like that wild boar, um, wow. wild boar wow oh yeah yeah so okay. uh, i got trails all out through the woods so when i'm talking to dan sometimes i'll be deep in the woods <laughs> and um the other day i had to uh find a way to pry uh a rib cage and like spinal column of some critter that my dog had found <laughs> like pry it out of my dumbass dog's mouth uh, and you know he was stoked. He was like, "This is awesome!" Uh, like, and proud of me. Look what I brought exactly. you. Exactly. And meanwhile, I'm like, "How am I gonna get this out? Like, if he dies, <laughs> my wife will kill me. Like, if he chokes, I will be in so much shit because that, that is her baby." So <laughs> Dan looks um, disgusted. No, no, no. I'm just laughing because <laughs> no. I mean, like you should do what I do. My cat come, came over the fence last week with the bird. I just watched. I sat there. I sat there and watched him eat the entire bird sans beak. He ate Dude, the entire is... thing. He ate the entire thing. He did that with a mouse earlier in the summer too. Just ate it all. This was but, like a rib cage, like this long, like a, sure, a spinal your dog column. Have fun with that, dude. Just let him eat it. He... <laughs> eat it. You're like, yeah, okay, so... I get to save on dog food now. Great. Yeah. Good for both so, of us. We we live far out, but not like crazy far out. Like not like. <laughs> you know, good place to like bury a body far out, but we know where a good place is and it's down the road. He's got so friends that's... that ties to the Alabama mob. They're, we'll just be here for a minute. You didn't see nothing. You know. You didn't see nothing. You didn't okay. see nothing. There's nothing we can do about it. You know? So you're, okay, when I live in the suburbs, my cats used to Illinois. bring back the pet, bring back the animals, but you never actually kill it. You just bring it back and leave it in the house. We, I just spent like, like Larry all day just chasing it down. Like, I hate you so much because there's this blood trail be like running after this squirrel that's bleeding everywhere. And it's like grabbing it with a towel and tossing it outside. Your cat, your cat adopted pets. But... Yeah. He's like, he's like, I, he's like, I'm lonely. Here's another pet for me. Here's yeah. a bird. Here's a cat. Here's a couple squirrels. Here's a chipmunk. Now Guys, my, how, cat just, my cat just how, leaves me blood bits on, on my patio. Like, oh my gosh. Blood, blood, it's like a Dexter episode. You know what I mean? Just, like, just mouse bits everywhere. It's horrible. 
how do we uh how do people find your comic <laughs> uh, actually i have a question first before we get to that okay uh, when you do comedy bits do you pre-plan them in or do they naturally occur like do you follow the character and find the comedy or do you like i like this joke let's find a way to not shoehorn it in but find a beat to get in there well with bigfoot i would say that it, it would have to be very well planned out and uh, with Latex Avenger, I mean, like, I'd take two dozen bits that I had, and I was like, okay, I can use all of these in a story somehow. You know, I mean, I don't know. You said you guys are comedians, right? So yeah. you got you got your notes on you got your notes on cocktail napkins, cigarette packs, whatever you can find. You're writing shit yeah. down, right? And so that's the same way with me. I have like this is my Latex Avenger notebook. I've had it for since 2006. Okay, and any time that I have a note for this, I write it all down. I got thumb. I got uh, I got my uh, my paper clips holding things together and all of that. You take all the good jokes that you know you're gonna use and work them together. I mean, I held on this joke about uh, Latex Avenger and the Masters of the Obvious. I knew I wanted to write this joke about how they he thought they were all prostitutes in his honor, and uh, you know, but uh, that didn't work out so well. But I knew I wanted to use this joke at some point. And the day I got to drop that on them, he, you know, he goes, we're the masters of the obvious and we're here to, you know, we need your help, Latex Avenger. And it's at a comedy roast. They're roasting him in the, in the story. And so he looks around and he goes, oh, I get it. They're prostitutes, right? I mean, only the redhead works for me, but I'm into the group thing. Let's go. And it was like one of those types of situations. It was so offbeat, but I knew I wanted to use it. And I, I swear to God, I wrote an entire story to get that one joke. <laughs> into the book i swear to god i did I, I i didn't mean to but i did and it, i will say this remember i said that thing about revenge stories earlier that how do you write a revenge story for bigfoot if you he has nothing to get revenge on that's why there's a five issue story to do this book because mm -hmm. to do the story because i wanted to write a revenge story and i needed to build up something and with casey us we needed to build something for him to then that revenge would actually be a concept so we're really building up four issues to do the fifth issue that I wanted to do in the first freaking place. So, you nice. know, it's funny what you'll do in order to make a point. Yeah. They, hey, and not, in Star Wars, they made an entire movie to fix a plot hole. So, yeah. It yeah. was a good movie, though. <laughs> it was a, you're talking about Rogue One, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, that I, was probably my favorite uh, Star Wars film. And probably it, mine, too. It made Darth Vader cool again. It did. Made it made actually like, like it made Darth Vader intimidating again because for exactly. a while, he's, for a while he's like, uh, I'm this dude that's pretty slow, but I can you know fight like an old ninety year old. But then all of a sudden he's just like, no, actually I can kill you off. I so choose. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. He comes in with like some straight up like swag, just beating the sh yeah. Oh, it's man. great. The, the, his 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 Fantastic. his triumph scene there where he got to go mow through all those cats was amazing and I you know and then when they did the same thing with Luke at the end of Mandalorian mm -hmm. I thought that was like oh okay that's a bookend to the what they did in uh yeah Rogue yeah it was a nice, sure. I thought it was a nice way to see how two very different people characters would handle two very similar situations you know mm -hmm. and the, the compassion on the light side versus the absolute brutality on the dark side it was cool I thought it was a really neat juxtaposition also, I thought Solo was way better than people gave it credit. I really like Solo. Solo. I was, was going to yeah, say was that fun, was my dude. favorite. I, <laughs> Solo was not. So, like, the only two Star Wars films I actually disliked were the eighth and ninth ones. Those ones, I just, like, the eighth one I just didn't like because I just didn't think it was that good a film. Like, I felt like you had a giant side quest that took the entire film that had no purpose. 
was my probably eighth film. And then the ninth film, the guy hated J.J. Uh, Abrams hated the eighth film so much. He's like, screw <laughs> it. I don't need to make a good film. I just want to make the eighth film bad again, even worse. Yeah. The and thing, so, uh, so I, I liked the, <laughs> the eighth, I hated the ninth film. I liked the eighth film because it, it made me think of um, a Zan Cohen. Uh, if, you, <laughs> um, if you meet Buddha in the road, kill him. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like kill your idols um, yeah. because yeah. they'll never be what right. you want them to be. It was smart. Yeah. It, it was, except for the casino thing. I agree. I agree with you exactly on all that. Like I dislike the casino thing. Like they took yeah, out they, the casino thing. I thought the film would have been fantastic. Like, they take great. out the casino thing, but they also have to take out the thing where like the leader won't tell any of her people what the hell she's planning, you know, yeah. like, like we have a plan. Tell me what it is. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fine i'm gonna make a plan he's like all right you don't have a plan then that's like the thing's like oh i've got a secret uh i've got a secret solution to all the world's problems right here but i'm not gonna tell you but still but i, I argued got it. for eight a lot because i thought that the luke stuff was really smart and and really well done <laughs> to your point casey like i really yeah. just really like that but then the more times i watch it the more i'm like this doesn't this actually doesn't make much sense also like, there's <laughs> no way that Luke didn't have a relationship with at least one of those frog ladies on <laughs> that. <laughs> the, the, the weird, the milk girl. He has like tiny see? little frog babies running around. Daddy. <laughs> Our little Luke holes, you know? Yeah. Just... I mean, yeah. all of them were his children, right? Yeah. That's... He's got a ton of little, ta- yeah, loopholes running around. Exactly. Little, here's, that, that's here's a good. The thing. Uh, Here's my thought on this whole new the the sequels. I hated the prequels so much that the sequels are forgivable. Does that make sense? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. I hated. I mean, look. I mean, I was like, I was in college, I guess, when the when the or like right. I don't know when they came out. Ninety nine or something like that. I was in college uh, when they came out, and I hated on them for years. And I was uh, the pissed off Star Wars fan that when the new ones came in, I don't care if it was Solo. I don't care if it was number nine although it wasn't that great but they were all they all felt like star wars movies they didn't feel like you know just this green screen you know really beautiful technology movies you know that there was no spunk there was no flair there was no there was no character development in those movies so they never felt like a real star wars movie at least you know ryan johnson jj abrams they tried at least they tried because I don't feel like I don't feel like the the prequels did. So every single one of these new Star Wars movies are totally forgivable to me in comparison to, you know. And I love and I love Mandalorian. I think that show is just absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Oh, it's a banger! Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, so good. it's so, so good. good. It, it they're, reminds they're doing me no, they're doing there's, no wrong on that show. There's a Patton Oswalt joke where he's uh, basically um acting like uh who, who's the director of star wars my brain is shot right now it's been a You're long talking time about george lucas yeah george lucas he's You're like part of him right pitching, yeah yeah he's pitching the the prequels and he's like yeah it's like darth vader right yeah it's about a movie where he's a little boy <laughs> it's like <laughs> like it, it's so like ridiculous like why why did they do that but um yeah no, well, here's the thing. well Nobody- to, to go back to our conversation about like having an idea before you you, sure. and you just create a story around it 
I think he wanted to kill a lot of young Jedi children. <laughs> he was like, this is the idea that I'm going to build up to. And he wrote a three movie arc so that he could Just have so that scene. Slice in the movie. Up some Jedi yeah. So basically he's, he's, he's doing what we did. We're getting our revenge story one way or another. Right? So, <laughs> um, no, my, my buddy and I, we, we have a running joke. That's like, nobody hates star Wars more than star Wars fans. Uh, we true, say that to sure. each other a lot. Nice. And he, but it's true about so many fans. Like, if you ever see like a wrestling fan, they oh, God. hate they wrestling. hate wrestling. They hate wrestling. Dan's a wrestling I, fan. I am a wrestling um, fan. In fact, I thought this was at five o'clock in my calendar today. I was gonna get the AEW pay per view tonight, and I was like, oh no, there went the pay per view. So that's so okay. If it makes you feel better. I spent like an hour waiting to get the all out tickets, and before I can even click okay, oh, yeah, you're in that. Chicago. Yeah, I'm in Chicago. We're both in Chicago, and I was gonna buy a ticket. I literally. Like, Okay, it's sold out. I'm like, before I, I'm like, mouse above mm-hmm. the hand, sold out. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Now, I went to AEW when they were in Austin just like about a month or two ago when they we were the second, the second show that they did outside of Daly's place. Yeah. And uh, it was great. I mean, but man, now, now I think about how crazy we were. We were in a 5,000 seat arena with no masks on. You know, nobody was. And like, cause we're, hey, everything's going to be just fine, just fine. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. it's, uh, and uh unfortunately but, right like yeah, we, unfortunately. and at the time we all thought that vaccinated people couldn't get it from each right. other and like exactly. and like yeah. this is just all news and uh, like we just have to adjust again like, right i mean yeah. we're all yeah yeah i mean like i've been vaxxed up since the first go around you know that you could we were you yeah. know we're trying to be as safe as humanly possible which i gotta be honest with you i'm very thankful for kickstarter you know not to sway back into what we were talking about but yes you know it allows <laughs> yeah i'm segueing back for you man uh, it you. allows <laughs> for us to have a distribution system in a time where you can't go to conventions really safely right now you know this allows us to be able to put a book out and get it shipped right you, you know you all said you have people in australia yeah we got there's people in australia that are into bigfoot and karate that are already hyped about the book um who have sent artwork you know fan artwork to about bigfoot we were i don't know if we've talked about the show we've received over 50 pieces of fan art of bigfoot knows karate yes wow that's before the kickstarter has even launched wow cool i mean people are gravitating to this if you go to our website bigfootknowskarate.com in the fan art gallery or in the art gallery there's uh, like half of that at least is fan art and i've got a bunch more that i need to upload and i mean so the fan support's been awesome the kickstarter model is going to be amazing for us just says we're going to be able to reach so many people when I used to do comics back in the day, I never got out of Texas very much because, I mean, you know, to go do conventions, what, maybe a thousand people have read, you know, <laughs> this issue? No, that's, you know, I want more people to be able to have a chance to read it, and I think Kickstarter gives us that opportunity to do so. How'd you like that? How'd you like that course correction back in? Really, really great. Really yeah, great. Really so, great. How can, <laughs> so how can people find your comic? For getting us off topic, that was You're my great, fault. dude. You're great. This has been fun, guys, seriously. Okay. It's it's awesome. So Dan is a a wizard when it comes to building websites and stuff. We have a website, bigfootknowskarate.com. Really easy to remember if you want a book about Bigfoot knowing karate. So uh, yeah, go to bigfootknowskarate.com. There are links. Uh, When the Kickstarter goes up, we will have a link to the Kickstarter page in 
uh, I'm sure Dan can kind of tell you a little bit more about that. Yeah, we should have the preview page up within the next week. Um, I'm, I want to have, I want to get my stuff, the last bits of it taken care of tomorrow. I was just waiting for some quotes to come in on a couple of different things that we're looking to do. Uh, so within, by next weekend, I want, uh, the preview page should be up and ready so people can follow the book and be, be aware of when it comes out. But October 13th, we, we go live, we're going to do an Instagram live stream. Casey and I, we're going to do like a, a launch party, basically. And we're going to have uh, myself and Casey, and there's room for two other people within the stream, you know, on Instagram as you go. So we're going to have a cast of different artists, writers, you know, friends of the book, you know, friends of the family, whoever, come in and uh, we're going to, we're going to press the, we're going to start at 630 central time, seven o'clock, we're going to press the launch button and watch what happens. Hopefully, you know, hopefully we'll be, it'll be an early evening. Otherwise I'm going to be sitting there at three o'clock in the morning, drinking like my eighth shot of tequila going, come on boys, don't let me down. You know? So it's like, uh, you know, we don't want that to happen. Seriously. Yeah. You don't want, you don't want to watch me watch, get live, live draw drunk. So. It's, I've been really um, blessed in terms of getting my Kickstarter projects like funded right like this right here funded in 12 hours issue two also funded in i think it was like 10, 10 hours yeah, yeah 10 hours um so and dan has gotten such an amazing group of folks just into the story into the art and uh he's really kind of built a community that um i didn't know could exist on on uh instagram uh so it case in point like the comic jam kind of came from uh reddit um and that we eventually split off and did our own thing but we uh we came from reddit started this you know goofy website and dan has gotten a bunch of people that just want to do art just want to create <laughs> And they're all really uh, jazzed about what we're doing. So it, it's and, and jazzed about uh, Bigfoot character. So can I show you all a couple of things real quick? This yeah, is do it. One, this is a print. I have the original down over here, but this is a print of Bigfoot, Nose Karate, and uh, the other characters in Dragon Ninja. It's another uh, another creator's character, but this artist did this piece of them. Nice. This one. This is from Jevin Luke. He did this piece right here of Bigfoot Nose Karate. This is on an oversized postcard oh, wow. or a sketch oh, wow. card. This one started off as a piece of fan art. And I liked <laughs> it so much. I called him, I contacted him, I paid him for it, and we're using it as the variant cover for oh, Deluxe that's Edition. So cool. um, oh, speaking of the Deluxe Edition, can I mention something about the Kickstarter real quick? So we're doing something really different we're uh we're doing a regular edition with a variant cover but then we're doing a which is the 30 page story the 30 page bigfoot nose karate story and then we're but we're doing a deluxe edition of the book it's going to include a 30 page story plus a 10 page fan art gallery okay because we have a bunch so we're going to include you know the best of the best in there to do that and then we're going to have the um I'm gonna have a, a couple of sketch uh, pages of my stuff, the uh, stuff coming in the future. But the cool part is, we're also doing uh, only in the only in the deluxe edition. Uh, there's gonna be a director's commentary. 
Now that you go, Dan, how do you do a director's commentary in a comic book? Dan, well, how do you so, do a director's commentary in a comic book? Well, oh, you just Dan, wait. I'm glad you asked. You walk this way. Um, no, what we're going to do is, so if there's going to be a QR code, you're going to scan the QR code. The QR code is going to take you to a private video, which will be myself and Casey and a couple other really great folks who are going to sit in. We're going to do a roundtable discussion about Bigfoot Nose Karate. There's so much that we can't tell you guys during the during these podcasts and these that type of thing. So we want you to be able to read the book, and then we want you to be able to understand what the hell we were actually thinking. And um, so it's going to walk through, you know, kind of our creative process, what's happening on the page, how where we are, and where we're going. Because that sounds awesome. Like, yeah. So like we said, but there's going to be a big twist at the end. You're going to have a lot of questions walking out of this thing. So you know. We're just we're we're gonna be there on video going. It's gonna be okay, guys. Just wait for issue two. It'll be just fine. Um, you know, but it's gonna be fun. I've never seen that tried before, so we're gonna give it a shot. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a good idea. Thank you. Well, cool. Hey, good luck. And yeah, thank uh, you so much. Thanks guys, for we're, coming we're on. Super stoked. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having us. This has been a really good time, guys. Thank you. Right. Yep. Bye. Bye. So Keegan. Well, first of all, thanks mm -hmm. to Dan and Thank Casey. You Dan. Yep. Thanks, Dan and Casey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. They're fun. They were fun yep. to talk to. They were great to talk to. You you talk about Star Wars in every episode at this point. You need to just start your own Star Wars podcast. I don't watch Star Wars enough though to begin with, nor have I read any books whatsoever. That could be the name of the podcast. That could be your catchphrase for that for your Star Wars podcast. Is I don't watch enough Star Wars or read any of the books. That and and like this, the name of the podcast would be like Eric's Star Wars podcast. <laughs> just like, know, very like, simple. I've watched like only I've only watched the eighth film once. I've only watched the ninth film once, and. So yeah. it's not like I've had like this great knowledge of it. But like, see, like the fact that we're even calling it like eight and nine at this point on our podcast mm -hmm. is because everyone listening, like, and you and I all know because we've talked about eight and nine so many times on yeah. this podcast. Well, we talked about because one time, like, in the comic, like one of the comics, when the Mummies comics, they actually talked about in the comic itself. That's true. The mummy people made us talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. True. Okay. And then this one I just quoted it because I thought it was a good example. Okay. So maybe two times isn't a lot of times. It just feels <laughs> like we talk about it. We quite talk often. about it's been, it's happening enough that like it does warrant me bring it up. It's like once a month mm -hmm. at this point. Yeah. yeah. Which seems frequent when you only do podcasts once a week. Yeah. Uh Eric, have you read any comics lately? I have actually. I have. I read a great comic called "The Adventures of Wonder Duck." Uh, cool. Yeah. Uh, story by George Medina, art by Joseph Olesko, and colors by Edwin Domingo. Hey, I read that comic too. Yeah, I wonder. It's amazing. And you know, in fact, it almost seems like we had like one of them on before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had George Medina on. Yep, we had George Medina on. So, tell me about the Adventures of Wonder Duck. Okay, so the plot of the Adventures of Wonder Duck—spoilers ahead, but not too too much. 
um, is it follows a duck um, who, who we were told by George is a former actor uh, turned superhero um, who like encounter like uh, let me go back to the beginning. So it starts off with a duck who's being held prisoner because he gave away technology uh, uh, to somebody and they need to know and they're trying to figure out who did it or who or not who, who did it, but where he sent the technology to. And apparently it, it ended up in Wonder Duck. What? No, continue. And we then we see Wonder Duck in action, what he does and all that great stuff. What? No. That was a solid plot summary. Uh, okay. So it's a society of ducks. Right. Yes. Let's just start there. The Ferrarian. Mm -hmm. Is that, is that, would you say that it, they're on planet Fuhrer? It says yes, on page one. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, uh, and they've got this, what, like the scientist guy? <coughs> yeah. He's a duck, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, they're all, yeah, he's a duck. Um, they're all ducks. Yeah. On the duck planet. Yeah, but then, sure. as we talked about with George, there's other planets which are mm -hmm. full of other animals and stuff. Yeah, it's not just like like certain point like they have different animals or stuff too. I mean, like he fights a creature that's definitely not a duck, but like he encounters like a mouse, a bull, stuff like that. Right. Okay. So then, uh, mm -hmm. this technology hits Wonder Duck, right? Mm -hmm. And so Wonder Duck uses to become a superhero, and he's like this out of work actor. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Mm -hmm. So, uh, anything else with the plot? Um, we just kind of get like an introduction to him. We get like him rescuing some people, him fighting a monster, and we get introduced to a bad guy. Uh, not the duck that like not another duck, but like this uh, mouse or rat creature guy who is excited to get some technology from is from the wonder duck okay cool mm -hmm. cool yeah that, uh, that's where the plot it's not like the deepest of all plots at least not at the beginning but it's still a solid plot yeah yeah it, it actually is uh it reminded me a little bit of like indiana jones mm -hmm. because it like has this like seems like it has this <coughs> what you're gonna think of in the beginning but then it like changes. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Or, or like it, it, it takes a turn, right? And then suddenly there's this in-between character that's like the the in-between villain. Yeah. Or, you know, I, I don't know. It just felt like more adventure following yeah. the adventure. Like there's a grander villain, but. It was but like, very much reminiscent of DuckTales to me. I mean, for the obvious reason that, you know, they're ducks, but. <coughs> In uh oh no, Duck Ducktales, Darkwing Duck. Uh, yeah. because there is a character called Gizmo Duck who is he's not an out of work actor, but he's just a random duck who happens to get like the super <laughs> technology unknowingly sent to him, wasn't sent to him on purpose. Right. And so then he becomes a superhero. Wait, can I can we pause? <laughs> yeah. Uh can you would you be willing to mute yourself and then talk? holding the space bar and then if you're going to cough on unhold the space bar does that make sense well see now i can't hear you 
<laughs> yes, that makes sense. But now you just now I heard the cough. So do do the opposite. So if, okay. So when you're talking, yeah. I'm talking now. Okay, but you're using the space bar. Yes. Okay, so you can just hold the space bar down unless you're going to cough. That's that's all I meant. Yeah. See now I couldn't hear you say yeah. I didn't say anything at the time, so that's I heard you say right. yeah. I saw you. I saw you mouth it. <coughs> no, that's no, me when you're going to cough. I'm coughing now on purpose. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Uh, just for recording purposes. Mm -hmm. um, cool. Cool. So, what did you think of the art? I thought the art was very solid. Like, I thought that was honestly the best uh, attribute to it. It kind of was a throwback. The inking, the too. inking, right? Like the the line line work. The line pencils. work was. Okay. It was very much a throwback to '90s uh, cartoons, which I always loved. Like again, Darkwing Duck to the max, stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, I, I thought that the character designs were really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, like a little bit exaggerated, definitely had their own take on like the the way these like these animals looked. You know, does that make sense? Like they're an anthropomorphic. Um, and like they they all have like distinct features that kind of like work for their type of animal. I don't know if I'm making sense. Does that make it sense? Make, it makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you understand each creature was its own like like not like the different race or different species, or whatever, like whatever you call it, because like some are ducks, some aren't. Right. And then like the the actual ducks have weird eyes compared to the other animals did you notice that yeah I know. well like the, especially the first uh picture of a duck like they the main duck has like black eyes like they have black eyes and like yellow instead of like where everyone else has like normal eyes right like all the other characters all the other species of character have like eyes mm -hmm. but then the ducks either are wearing sunglasses or they have black eyes with white pupils which is weird yeah so I thought that was that like kind of made the ducks seem a lot more sinister. Does that make sense? It does actually. It makes them seem like the predator, like the yeah, well, I guess say the good guy. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting, I, and I guess that like kind of speaks to the the like larger impressiveness of the artwork, which is like it may look like a '90s kids thing, you know, like it may remind mm -hmm. us of a nostalgic you know shows that we used to watch but mm -hmm. uh it also like the character designs were made for a purpose and to serve the story and it like you know it, it like definitely flowed it, it made sense you know mm -hmm. with the story like it, it wasn't just like a bunch of stuff that happened for no reason without much thought it was like it yeah like like the the actual artwork served the story, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, what do you think of the colors? Um, I like the colors, again, throwback to 90s uh, cartoons, like, where, like, the colors are very vibrant. Not, like, the, ba like, not Batman, but, like, again, like, DuckTales-esque. Like, it was very much, like, this would fit perfectly in, like, in a 90s cartoon, which I think was the point. So, I really like the colors. I really like that, like, 
they stood out like each thing was like well drawn well like done right yeah i it was yeah i mean it's just fully saturated i i don't think like i wouldn't talk for a very long time about the colors um i it was just well done and solid you know like pretty much exactly what you would expect from like a 90s cartoon you know sort of just like uh flat color it's not quite flat it's sort of like cell shaded yeah um yeah it's not quite flat but it, there's a lot of flat colors there's, there's not very many gradients you know um but but definitely there's still highlights and shadows which make means that it's not flat color for for coloring um okay what about the uh lettering um lettering was it wasn't so great that it made me like think like it made me think about it but it wasn't so bad that like it drew me attention to me so which means like it does its job and it did its job well to the point that like i didn't have to think about it yeah i didn't i didn't even notice it so i think it was just it was standard and standard cookie cutter which was definitely, not definitely digital you mm -hmm. know um yeah what do you think was the art done digitally probably right he said he was so yeah oh he said it was okay yep. oh he does uh, pretty much all stuff digitally so yeah yeah okay um okay so well wait what do you mean he says he does most of his art digitally so George, yeah, George. Yeah. Yeah, but George did the, no, George didn't do the art. Joseph Olesko. Oh, uh, I remember think Joseph he works with yeah. the, uh, he works with Joseph and he lives like in another country. Oh yeah. I don't no, want to say it because I don't want to assume, but. Yeah, no, I think from what he said, the art was done digitally. Oh, uh, hold on. Do I sound the same? You do. Okay. For some reason, it like messed up my my mic. Switched over for some reason. Okay. Uh, yeah. So yeah, but you still think it's digital? Yeah, probably. I do. Okay. And then yeah, because he George said he colors. I think. This way, say did yeah. Okay, and that's definitely digital. Oh, George did the lettering for this one. <laughs> oh. Sorry for the sorry for our listeners. If I no 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 no, I, no. I let, let me just I'll just start over. That's fine. Okay. Uh, oh, George did the lettering for this one. I see. He did. Um, okay, so uh, lettering, coloring artwork story what about the je ne sais quoi that's a french term yeah, it is. Um, yeah for me the je ne sais quoi was the fact that it was a throwback to 90s cartoons and i was a big fan of darkwing duck i grew up on that cartoon and so like i was excited to like see something that very very much reminded me of that and that like uh, if you go back to our interview with him he talked about it as well <laughs> okay cool for me, 
yeah for me i think it was uh i like the main character being like this out of work actor who's like thinking of catchphrases kind of screwing up and not doing too well you know during the story um yeah that that drew me in um to like what what was happening with the story so yeah i definitely like that uh so eric on the scale between um having a beak and never being able to eat a burger or like any kind of like food that you really enjoy again only being able to eat seeds so you just wake up with a beak you know um like a duck beak or like a platypus beak no like like a bird beak like a duck beak yeah yeah uh or um or you get to be a duck for a day and fly around and like you eat seeds but they taste really good and then you turn back into a real boy i don't know if i'd like that i don't know if i want to be a duck what happens i get hunted what happens like disney tries to hire me and I'm no like, this is the good one no this is the i good know one. That's what I'm saying. Oh, you like float on the pond. You got those little feet. You go quack, 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 quack. Uh, let's put, it's I would rate being it a as, duck. I would rate as going to watch uh, Anaheim Ducks hockey game. <laughs> it's not the best team in the world, but you get a solid experience and you enjoy yourself for doing it. And you create some memories. I've actually been to see them. And it was very, it was like a, a stadium I didn't enjoy very much. I think it was warm in the stadium. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you because it's been a while. But like I, oh, I remember why I didn't like it. They played like these pop hits really, really loud in the stadium. Like, and they didn't have an organist, which was weird because we're we're like from Chicago, so we like we expect there to be an organist at the hockey game. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, but there wasn't one at at the Anaheim that I could see. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh also you'd probably hear though too. Huh? You'd hear the organ at extra points. Well, I know that they played organ tracks. At least it sounded like they were playing tracks that were organs, but I didn't think there was an actual organist. Not there, it's not, it's and it not wasn't correct. like here where they like the organ plays songs <laughs> and you know that there's an organist. It was like they played the organ like at the at the beginning, like where like it's supposed to be, <laughs> you know, like uh, sort of like the game was like a production. So my rating, if like so, my rating of going to see an Anaheim Ducks game because I've never been is higher than yours. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, so you but you like the book, huh? <laughs> yeah, I do. What about like? Maybe you went to see the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, like uh, the original the Disney version. Yeah, the the Disney Ducks Maybe. playing well, playing against Iceland. Yeah, in D two. In D two. Yeah. Okay, all right. Which is very nostalgic. Indeed, it is. I even watched the TV show, the Ducks, oh, okay. the, the Ducks TV show. I did too. I kind of liked it. I liked it a lot too, actually. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay, so my rating for you is on a scale of being an out-of-work actor who 
uh, always talks about like screwing up the scene, no matter what, even though he's not in it. Okay. To uh, having the correct catchphrase finally. <laughs> so I'm either a, like a annoying out of work actor who can't get a job, or I'm somebody who just has nails a catchphrase. Who just <laughs> nails it, just gets that catchphrase. Maybe even for the dumb town creators, we have the greatest catchphrase. Just has a catch. I have a catchphrase every week, by the way, Eric. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, I, I, I have said, one. I, I have one just has, like that. Has the correct catchphrase what I meant though. Has it, but like I just hear him just like, okay, yeah, that's it. Yeah, but I like it. I have it every week and you no, don't get you it. You don't have it every you, week. You, it's a problem. It goes over your head every time. <laughs> no. Uh, okay. So uh, on that scale, I would say this comic was sort of like being on a podcast and having a great catchphrase that your co-host doesn't enjoy. And so you have to keep coming up with great catchphrases every single week. No. Uh, but your co-host keeps saying no, just no. like that. Yeah, just like that. Yeah, so it, it was a fun, it's a fun comic. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. I like it too. I would keep doing it every week. <laughs> the comic? <laughs> the podcast. Okay. I'm just kidding. Uh, all right. So, yeah, but George Medina, thank you again for coming on the show. Thank if you, you want to check this out, go to uh, Instagram and find the underscore adventures of WD, all with underscores for spaces. The Adventures of WD, which stands for Wonder Duck. Uh, it's also on getyourmeds.com, meds with a Z. Uh, and there are no drugs on that website. It's just, <laughs> that's just his website, getyourmeds.com. Um, and you can find his other comic, Rust5377, there too. Uh, cool. So this has been a fun podcast, Eric. What do you think? I think it's been fun, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, sorry. Uh, apologies to the, our listeners. I've had a cough for the past couple days, and I'm trying to cover it up, and, like, I'm sucking literally, like, I'm 18 different <laughs> cough drops right now. Like, I'm muting myself whenever I can, so. So that's what that was this whole yeah. episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because we're not putting a, a warning at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> if you listen to the end, now you know why. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if anyone got this far, um, Eric's saying sorry, which is kind of nice. But Eric, are you feeling better? I am feeling better. Okay. I just have a cough, which is just annoying. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, hey, uh, thanks again to our guests, Dan and Casey. And their comic is coming out in October. So you can look for their comic on Instagram as well. It's Bigfoot Likes Karate. Um, it's easy to find. And yeah, uh, we'll be back next week. See you next week. See ya. Bye. Bye.